0: That wall is about to come down
1: where the exit sign is. For uh,
2: confirmation that smoke
1: alarms are bypassed. Great. That's what it sounded like on the first day of construction recently at the site of Toronto's new Holocaust Museum. Workers were taping up drop sheets before taking down a temporary wall. The new museum will be located at the new Prosserman Jewish Community Centre in northern Toronto, just south of the old Newburger Holocaust Centre that stood for nearly 40 years but has now closed. The new museum will be state-of-the-art and built to not only memorialize the past, but also to make it relevant to modern-day world events and life here in Canada. With the new facility about a year away from opening, how can the Jewish community try to make a dent in the rash of anti-Semitic graffiti and Nazi salutes currently popping up across the city's public schools and on public buildings on what seems like a daily basis? The
0: more someone knows about the Holocaust, the less susceptible they are to racism and the better able they are to stand up to racism and anti-Semitism. And that's why Holocaust as an education is such an important tool. It's one of many tools, but it is a very important tool in our community to
1: counter anti-Semitism. I'm Ellen Basner and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Tuesday, March the 15th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. The new Holocaust Museum will have several different rooms, starting with pre-war Jewish life, then atrocities, then persecution, and then liberation and hope. And talking about how the survivors who came to Canada rebuilt their lives and contributed to Canadian society. Canadian survivors will be front and centre, for now, in person, but also on video Designers have planned for a future without live survivors. Visitors get an immersive experience and even an iPad to carry with them that uses augmented reality. The place is twice the size of the old one. Designers think it'll be able to handle twice the number of visits, up to 23,000 people a year. And they're targeting the Jewish community, of course, but just as importantly, students in the city's public schools, police, school board officials, judges and lawyers. While some critics, like Professor Ruth Weiss and author Dara Horn, feel that more Holocaust museums are not the answer to anti-Semitism, coming up we'll hear from the museum's team about why they disagree. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now.
0: I am Sam Azuri in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like.
1: Toronto's police chief Jim Raymer called in the hate crimes unit to investigate two more cases of anti-Semitic symbols and graffiti. One was in a city park. The other was found near the Miles Nadal Jewish Community Centre. The chief tweeted that, quote, no member of the public should be exposed to hate, unquote. A spokesperson for the JCC says, in fact... The swastika wasn't actually on the building, just on a poster on a lamppost on the street, so they don't think the Jewish building was being directly targeted in this incident. So I got a bit of a tour of the new Holocaust Museum. I wasn't allowed to get close close because of COVID protocols, and they didn't have an extra hard hat for me. But I spoke with the new Holocaust Museum's executive director, Dara Solomon, and with Glennie Lindenberg, who's been raising the money for it these past three years. So uh, what's going on, Dara, first? Uh, what are they doing?
2: So construction has started on the Toronto Holocaust Museum. Um, they've put up some hoarding to prevent people from coming up, and they're going to start demolishing some walls. And then they'll start um, constructing the new museum and building out, or they'll build the architectural fit-up of the space, which will take about, five months, and then the exhibition installation will start probably around the end of the summer.
1: So, Glenny, you were, uh, been spending your past three years for this, uh, to raise the money. What was the motivation personally for you and your family to do this?
0: Uh, my late father was a survivor. Also, my husband's parents were survivors, so of course I have that personal connection. But beyond that, I really felt that Holocaust education was absolutely Uh, critical and a museum focusing on our local survivors was such an important initiative for our community, not just for the Jewish community, but for the general community as well. And that's only been reinforced more and more over the last number of years with the uh, increase in anti-Semitism. There are a number of other factors that uh, really led the community to realize how important having a new uh, museum was, a new museum teaching Holocaust education, in addition to the rise of anti-Semitism. So it, it's just so timely and just so important for everyone, Jew and, and non-Jew alike, to really do this deep dive into the, into the Holocaust and to make, as, as Dara has said, Make really contemporary connections, and learn about why it's relevant to them. No matter what their background is, to learn why it's relevant um, to their own um, sense of um, citizenship and uh, their ability to counter anti-Semitism and other forms of racism. It's it, Holocaust education is really critical.
1: You brought it up, so we might as well dive in right away. Uh, we're speaking now when. Um there's been at least six that I can count in Toronto, but also elsewhere on uh, stories that we've been covering of, uh, you know, swastikas and how Hitler salutes and, and the whole nine yards and teachers using um, the yellow star and COVID mandates and all that in their classrooms and, and teaching that. And so, um, you know, your museum isn't opening for another year or so. So what, um, you know, speak to that about the need for why you think this is going to, Perhaps help somewhat when it opened.
2: I, I think that the this, the 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 anti-Semitism that we're seeing in the TDSB, the swastika graffiti, the hail Hitler. I don't necessarily think it's coming from a place of like deep-seated anti-Semitism. I think kids are acting out, and those symbols, for whatever reason, are are like sexy to them. Like it's it's compelling to them those symbols of fascism and power, and so. What we need to do and what the new museum will do is really do a deep dive into what those symbols represent and not just in Europe, but also what they represented here. Like we talk about in the museum, um, what was going on in Canada during this time. It's a thread that's gonna run throughout and we're gonna talk about Christie Pitts riots where it was the unfurling of this you know, swastika flag in the 19, in 1933 in, in, the, in, a, in a park during a baseball game. So we wanna make it relevant for kids and really explain to them what, is, what, kind of, what the meaning is behind these symbols and why there's a visceral reaction from the Jewish community when, when they see them. And we hope that learning that history and making it contemporary to them will, will you know, make them pause before they do, do those kinds of things.
1: There has been uh, a disconnect, though, with, um, you know, International Holocaust Remembrance Day, Holocaust speakers that come to various schools. I've heard that yeah, it's all great, and people love hearing from survivors, but they don't all necessarily make the connection with everyday racism. Um, what should be done? How to fix that? So,
2: After the students experience the historical galleries, there is, um, built into the museum experience, there is um, workshops that are going to be be done, and we're going to work closely with the educators in advance of the tour to really understand where the students are coming from, and that's where we're going to draw the dots from the history to the present. And we didn't want to make it a permanent gallery where it's like a con- contemporary antisemitism because it's changing every single day, right? But if a student came in today, for example, we could talk about what's happening in the Ukraine and Putin's bending of historical fact and his- Holocaust misinformation to build his case for this invasion. So we we will build that into the experience and be able to be responsive to what's going on, to address what's going on in the schools and to address what's going on in the world around us, to really make Holocaust education as relevant as possible so they don't walk away thinking like, why did I learn this history? It has absolutely nothing to do, to, do with me in my life. We'll make those connections and we'll even take it a step further and, and have workshops where they start learning about media bias and they start learning about online hate and what's in the world around them and give them tools to counter that in their lives and to know how to stand up against it and who to report it to and make them really active citizens in their communities and in their neighbourhoods.
1: There are voices in the community, internationally and nationally, who say we don't need Holocaust museums to dead Jews, there's a new book, right? We need to showcase what live Jews are doing and why the Jewish community, why the culture is important. how do you answer those um, those feelings? Well, I think that Dara has um,
0: answered that in part that that the first experience of a visitor to the museum is not going to be um, is not going to be information about the holocaust it 's going to be about pre war Jewish life and then there will be this um, historical context of the rise of um, and national Socialism, but I think it's also important that the new museum is going to be in the Chef family building. So we're in this um, beautiful building on the Sherman campus where the JCC is. So, Ellen, we were, we were walking around a bit before and you saw two year old kids in daycare, and you saw high school kids playing basketball, and you saw adults in the swimming pool, and the context. For this and being in that building is that there was a vibrant Jewish life before the Holocaust. It's to do a deep dive into what the Holocaust was and the impact upon the Jewish community. But then the other very important piece is what happened subsequent to the Holocaust, especially in Toronto through our local survivors, and that is that we are capable of Jews and other people who have suffered persecution um, there, there is the that ability of, I, I know the word resilient is, is overused but that is a descriptive of the Jewish people resilience.
1: Last thing um, so what happens between now and when this opens are there is there no access to the old old stuff?
2: So we did close down during COVID um, and it's we just don't have the capacity to, to operate tours. Um, even when, if COVID was not an issue, just because we're we're literally curating the museum every day. There's a team working on testimony selection. There's a team working on this amazing tablet, iPad experience with augmented reality. There is a team that are focused purely on writing the text and the image selection then there's another another team working on like the artifact. And when I say like team, I'm talking about like these overlaps. So these are, it's a small so basically team. So there's like five of you
1: putting this whole thing yes. together. Yes. And so, right? so Why?
2: and on top of that, I mean, we are running, um, we are running um, survivor over programs over Zoom and, um, and programs as well. We'll be organizing the community-wide Yom HaShoah program on April 27th. So we've got our hands full. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. Today's listener shout out goes to Sharon Fitch of Victoria, B.C. Sharon's one of the volunteers who put together that new History of Jewish B.C. book that we talked about in Monday's show. And we'll end the episode with this update about the relief efforts to help Ukrainian refugees. Tzvi Sperber of J Roots used to work for the Jewish community in Canada, sending young people on Israel trips and guiding people on Jewish heritage tours of Poland. Now his team is on the ground in Poland, in Krakow, helping those who fled the Russians. And the friends of Simon Wiesenthal's Canadian office want to raise $50,000 for his projects.
0: Another thing that we've seen as we head to the border, and many people are working on the border, and every person, every organization is doing immense good. But when the refugees walk in, they stand there in the freezing cold, holding their little sacks, their little packs. Some of them got a bag, some of them got a plastic bag. Some of them may even have a roly trolley, it doesn't make any difference, but they're also holding kids. And they stand there in the freezing cold, on like a muddy patch. And we want to be able to build tents there, a proper long tunnel tent with heating and seats. So it could look like a part of a bus station before them going on to various different places. <laughs>